Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. Joining me, as always, Mr. Doug Christie. What's going on, DC? You got it, man. What's happening with you, buddy? It's been a second, man. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, we've taken a little bit of a break here. It's just, uh, you know, life is what happens when you're making other plans, Doug. It it just is. Ah, look at you. Yeah, look yeah. at you, the philosopher. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Doug, it's been a busy two weeks in Sacramento. Uh, some craziness. I, I think we'll just start with this. Where were you when you saw the Kings card not come up at number seven or number eight, but come all the way, move all the way up to number two uh, in the 2018 NBA draft? I was just uh, freaking out in my house. <laughs> just like, oh, my God, is this really happening? Uh, man, if you are a Sacramento Kings fan, that probably is just, you know, you, you want good for your team. More options, that is what number two does. The fact that two years in a row the Kings have had some sort of good luck, I've said it many times, Vlade Divac is the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I speak from experience, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I think it, it's tough. I was at home as well. I was doing a Facebook live show when it started to unfold. And I mean, Kings fans, you were awesome on, on Facebook live Kings fans. I mean, how many people were crying tears of, a you know, of joy, uh, just the emotion of it. And I, you know, in all honesty, it was overwhelming for someone who's covered this team for eight years. Uh, nothing really good ever happens to the Sacramento Kings, and I know that sounds kind of harsh, but really, it, it's pretty true. This of all my time with the Sacramento Kings, outside of the two the two days that David Stern said that the Kings are not moving, outside of those, this was probably the best day in my eight years covering the team as far as what's happening in the basketball side where, you know, whether or not this team can improve. And Doug, this is a really good draft. And we're already hearing, you know, a lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of innuendo. Uh, but what are your thoughts? If you were the sec if you had the second pick in this draft, where would you go? You know, um the first thing that I would do, Ham, is I would uncover every single stone. Conversations, phone calls are going to come in because you're right. This is a strong draft. So from that standpoint, what are the trade options? Is there a guy that I'm absolutely in love with that I can get at seven or six and I can move and garner more pieces? Uh, if you look at the talent that is there, got a chance to watch uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, I really like the high IQ and what have you. You and I had talked, and my only question was, 
who can he stick in different things, but I can tell that he's a high basketball IQ guy. So he's more of a team defender. I like that standpoint, but uh, shoots the ball better than I anticipated. When you think about, um, you know, Marvin Bagley Jr. or Marvin Bagley the third, mm-hmm. I, I have to see him. I, I need I need them to work out. So a lot of these, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, okay, I really, really like that guy. When you talk about DeAndre Ayton, I got a chance to watch him on field, film as well because I had talked about him, was really impressed with the, the, the way he ran up and down the court. I mean, he's built like David Robinson. You know, there's some question about his drive and desire and things like that. That's why you got to feel and touch these guys and work them out and see them with your own eyes so you know exactly what it is that you're going to get. Michael Porter Jr. is the interesting prospect out of all of them, to be honest with you, because before the injury, Ham, he was probably the consensus number one for everyone. And if his medicals check out, is that something that you're you're willing to do? Is it a risk? Is it not a risk? I know there's been players that have it. Our own Bloody Divas has had the same surgery. So um, to, that's a. I hope I'm answering your question. I, I know I'm not in a way. There are a lot of players that I like, but I think more than anything, Ham, you got to look at all the possibilities if you're the Kings because the one thing that you want to do, Ham, is improve your team. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest overriding thing that the Sacramento Kings have to do here. They have to add talent. And, you know, I think everyone's talked about Doncic's limitations on the defensive end. And, you know, there's plenty of players that come into the NBA with de- defensive limitations. I mean... Even DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley didn't show propensity to play defense at the college level. Uh, and, and so you yep. have to look at those guys and say, you know, what am I getting? Am I getting a guy who can handle himself on the court? Which I do think that Doncic can handle himself. His his basketball IQ translates well beyond the offensive side of the ball. He he clearly is an elite-level basketball mind. And an elite-level basketball mind understands that there's two sides to the court and understands how to get around his limitations. Um, I'm not so sure about some of the other players, whether they're ever going to be great defenders or not. Um, But if you look at the playoffs we're watching right now, Steph Curry, while he's improved as a defender, he's never going to be a lockdown defender. Uh, And James Harden is potentially the worst defensive player that maybe we've seen in the NBA in the last like 15, 20 years. I mean, he doesn't even try on so many possessions that it's just ridiculous. And I hear people say all the time, well, you know, it doesn't matter. He's scoring 40 points. It's like, well, it does matter if the the two or three guys that he goes up against on a nightly basis are putting up those same 40 points or even more. And, and that does happen. And so you got to be able to handle yourself. But I think his IQ gets him around a lot of that. Uh, he's not going to have your range, Doug. He, he's never going to have your range, but I don't know that a lot of players do coming into the league, come in with a skill set like what you had as a player. No, I, I, I totally agree. That's why I say, you know, uh, the IQ piece of things has to start to be any put into the equation at a high level the what I call dog piece, meaning that there's some nasty in them. Those are things that you you got to start looking at because when you when you look at the Boston Celtics, when you look at the Utah Jazz, when you look at the Golden State Warriors, uh, San Antonio Spurs when they were playing well, these are teams that are professionally nasty with high basketball IQs. 
those are the teams that are successful in today's basketball. Yeah, now you brought up another player in this discussion, and he was actually, when I've done mock drafts, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is the guy that I usually have the Kings selecting when they're taking the seventh pick in the draft. And I do know that the Kings like Michael Porter Jr. I've had plenty of conversations. I, I know they like him. Uh, they liked him a lot, you know, coming into this season. And, you know, of course, the back injury is the big question mark. But, Doug, can you gamble at number two with a kid who's already gone undergone back surgery at the age of 19? Or is it just too big of a risk? Yeah, it, that that's the question. Um you know, health for any of them. Some some of these players, we're going to see them. They're totally healthy, him, and they won't play past two years because there will be some type of knee injury that will mess them up. When you talk about something that's already there, more than anything, I really think that you got to look at his medicals and make sure that his medicals, they, they, they read out. And then uh, how dedicated is he to service in his body? LeBron James spends about $1.5 million yearly on taking care of his body, Ham. How dedicated are these players to do that? I know when I went through, I was coming in initially into the NBA. They said I wouldn't play past five years. That's when I had the epiphany of diet and a lot of different working out and things like that, and I ended up playing 14, 15 years. So it's, it's the dedication. So that's why I say you got to meet them. you got to talk to them. Uh, but whoever you fall in love with, go down swinging with that person because uh, you'd hate to draft who everyone thinks you should draft, and then the person that you love turns out to be one hell of a player. Oh, no, I agree completely. I mean, I think if you really look at what's happened over the last couple of years, last year no one had Jason Tatum going number three, and I, you're going to have a really tough time convincing me that he's not – going to be an all-star level player. I mean, what he's done in the playoffs is just next level. It's incredible for a rookie. Uh, no one had Donovan Mitchell going in the top uh, 10 picks, 11 picks, 12 picks. I mean, what did he go? He went 13 or 14, and not only did like all those teams pass on him, but the Denver Nuggets actually traded him for Trey Lyles. I mean, it, there are so many mistakes that are made, and I, I guess my one concern is that if you fell in love with somebody at seven, uh, can you take them at two? And especially knowing the history of back injuries. Now, I'm not opposed to the Sacramento Kings taking Michael Porter Jr. in the 2018 NBA draft. I love him as a prospect as well, uh, especially he goes into the, the combine and measures with over a seven-foot wingspan, and he measured in at 6'10 and three quarters, and he's a small forward. He's got guard handles. Uh, he maybe doesn't play as big as, as his height says he is, but I just, if, if I'm taking Michael Porter Jr., I'm comfortable taking him at four. I'm comfortable taking him at five. I'm certainly comfortable at seven. I just don't know that you can take the risk at two because you do know that a guy like Marvin Bagley, you know, he, he's a player who went into the ACC and averaged 21 and 11 as a 19 year old kid. I mean, he's not just potential, he's production. And so for me, like, I got to know. I got to know, number one, his back is 100%. But number two, I got to know that I can't get more assets in in drafting him. And so if the Kings move down to, say, four, uh, and they're able to collect another asset or two, 
then I think that that's, that's a really strong move. All right, we're discussing Michael Porter Jr. here on the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. Right into Wendy's and try the Southwest Avocado Chicken Sandwich or Southwest Avocado Chicken Salad. The Southwest is coming to you, and it's only at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Doug, what are your thoughts on trading down and getting more assets uh, and, and selecting a player like Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, that that could work. You know, when you talk about Michael Porter Jr., when I ever since I first watched him, and he's a re- really good athlete, I always thought that he was locked up a bit. And what I mean by that is his kinetic chain is locked up. He, the flexibility, there's another dynamic level when I look at him, if he's willing to go there. And that could attribute to maybe what we've seen with the stiffness in the back and the different things like that. Um, but the one thing that I do know is Donovan Mitchell was selected wherever he was selected. Once you're selected him, if you can ball, it doesn't matter the number. That's why I say, if you love a player, uh, you're going to have to commit to him. You're going to have to take the heat and a lot of different things that come with it. But if that player turns out, well, obviously, uh, you know, the story is written. If he doesn't, well, the story is written as well. That's right. That's right. It's a gamble. It's a risk. And, you know, again, when the Kings were at seven, um, conversations I've had around the league were telling me that Trey Young was going to slide into the top, into the top seven, into the top six, and really was going to help the Kings at that number seven spot because that meant that a player like Mo Bamba or like Michael Porter Jr. might slide to them. Um, now, you know, at number two, I, I think it just opens up so many options, and I hope the Kings are looking at every option. Uh, I've been to the last two draft workouts on Monday and Wednesday. Uh, they have another one that will pop up on Friday morning. Um, you know, right now they're just looking at second round pick guys. Uh, you know, Doug, when you went through the draft process, did you go hit a bunch of teams or is it pre, you know, that, that era where everyone goes and, and makes a sort of plays the circuit, runs a circuit and, and gets looked at and poked and prodded it in different cities? No, I want to say, Ham, I went to eight teams in six days, and oh. I was bouncing around. I went to the Knicks. I went to Boston. I did that all in one day. Didn't work out for the Celtics. Just sit down, sat down and read with Red Auerbach in his office and talked for a bit. Uh, but, yeah, they, they put you through the ringer, and you, you get the ability. Went to Philadelphia. You know, you're rooming with somebody back then, and they're working out first, and you're working out, and you don't know. You know, you go in, um, and there's various guys sometimes. Sometimes if you have the leverage, you work out on your own. I particularly like to work out with someone else because, you know, I'm just – I'm not really afraid. I uh, Let's go. You know, I, I can play basketball. That's my That's my idea. And sometimes I think that uh, the agents do a disservice to the players by holding them back because ultimately they're going to have to compete at some point. So, um, yeah, it is an interesting process. It's one that um, I, I hope that all the players relish in. And you just go in and do your thing. You're a basketball player. Don't get caught up in all the other stuff. Yeah, it's fun to see these guys come through because I think – uh, it seems for some people it seems like a waste of time. Like, why are the Kings bringing in all of these players? And I, I think what they forget. No, is, no, 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 him. Yeah. No, you got to do it. You got to do it. You and I talk about this so much. You, there's a difference. You know, a guy says he's six seven. And you see him and he's six five. 
you want to shake their hand. You want to see how big their hand is. Do they have a firm handshake? Do they look in their eyes? Do they do they compete? When they start competing ham and they get tired, what do they do? Do they go in their shell uh, in, in, like a turtle, or do they spread their wings and do they push the envelope? When that look comes on their face that I'm exhausted, where do we go from here? Those are the questions that you absolutely have to ask. You can ask a high school coach. You can ask a college coach. And they may give you the the right answer, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And it's palpable. You can feel it. You can see it. At least I can. And I want to. That's I, I agree 100%. Even in the little bits that we get to see, I, there's so much you can pick up on. And a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't be able to write anything off of a draft workout. It's like, uh, I don't think so. I mean, you get a guy in front of just, you miss the media component. You want to see how each of these players walks over to a media scrum and how they handle themselves with media, how they answer questions, whether they give you a bunch of canned answers or whether they're honest and whether they, they really talk from the heart, whether they're you know able to hold a conversation. Uh, these are things that, I mean, all of these things are part of the package that a player brings. And I'll also point out, you got a G League team. And who knows if... if Three years from now, four years from now, one of these players works out and you don't take them, but somebody else does. And they end up being a real mm-hmm. diamond in the rough. Well, if you spent time mm-hmm. with them before and you know what kind of person they are, you took them out to dinner, you hung out with them, you saw how they interacted with the other guys in their draft class, that's huge. It, you're, you're collecting data on players. And so I, I love it too. Uh, I don't love, you know, going to workouts where you're literally looking at six guys that probably will never, ever see an NBA floor. But again, they may see a a G League floor. They may be a player that you say, you know what, I really like this guy. And I think he's worth a gamble as an undrafted pick or as a a late second rounder. Um, And I'll also say this, I I don't think, so the the Kings have the, the, it's either the 36th or the 37th pick. We haven't quite been able to figure that one out. Even I talked to a couple of people, not inside, not the Kings front office, but I talked to a couple of people with the team. I'm like, where are they drafting? They're like, I don't know, 36 or 37. And it depends on what website you go to where the Kings are drafting. I'll have to do more research and see where they are drafting. Um, but I don't even think the Kings are going to select there. They have too many young bodies already, and they don't have enough roster spots. So I would really be surprised if they didn't trade it for a future second or if they didn't just flat out sell the pick, because last year, of course, you know Jordan Bell's pick went for something like $3.5 million. That's what the Bulls got from the Warriors, and they selected Jordan Bell in the early second round. So I don't even know if the Kings are going to select in the second round, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if they didn't select in the second round. And so all of these picks we're seeing come through right now, it's really it's just like getting your hands on guys, right? Yeah, it is. But I will say this, you know, I've seen some mock drafts and they had a guy like Mo Wagner out of Michigan right there at 36. I mean, Mo Wagner looks to be, uh, you know, he's 6'10". He can shoot the three ball. He puts it on the deck. You just, you never know how how you manipulate it. Grayson Allen, I've seen at that position as well. Raleigh Alkins. Yeah. Yeah. the, The one thing, Ham, that I, I in in my opinion, how you compete against today's super teams and different things is what we're seeing with the Boston Celtics: depth of bench, the ability to have multiple players, switchables, 
guys who can play talent. And if you're at that spot and there's talent there, it would be hard pressed to pass that talent up. Yeah, I don't know how you maneuver and how you get them into your. I, I that part I don't know. I'd have to examine it. But if if you got a Mo Wagner who I uh, kind of relate to, like a Lori Marketing, somebody like that, that's hard to pass up, buddy. But I understand you. You make a valid point. Yeah, yeah. There's there's all kinds of guys there that you're gonna have to really look at and say how do they fit? Will they fit the system? You know, uh, if you look at what Atlanta tends to do, Atlanta seems to be able to find 3 and D guys, and they find them all over the draft board. Um, you know, can you mm-hmm. find that type of guy? You know, again, the Kings, they brought in uh, Raleigh Elkins yesterday from Arizona, um, and the dude is just stacked. I mean, it looks like an NFL linebacker. And, you're, you know, maybe... Like, if I were to put him in a mold, I would say, uh, like, he's got a Marcus Smart slash Tyreek Evans body. Uh, just this huge, you know, gigantic, strong, physical athlete. Now, he, he might only be, like, six four and a half with shoes on, but he's a guy that can play the two. He can play the three. He, can, he might be able to play the four just because of his strength. And in positionless 2018-19 NBA basketball, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for positionless basketball players, guys that, that are just basketball players. That's it, right? They're, yeah. they're just guys yeah. that go out and play. All right, Doug. Uh, Pedro Stojakovic promoted to assistant general manager. Does that change anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, you know, obviously job title, maybe, maybe a few of the things that uh, Pedro does, and I don't know everything that he does on a day-to-day basis but uh continue to solidify front office and uh I, i'm happy for him i, I know Peja. He, he, i w- go down and see him and he's always putting in his work he's in his office he's on the phone uh but no i don't i don't think so ham i don't i don't know the quite inner workings of job titles and what is expected of everybody it, it could change some of the some of the things that is required of him to do but uh, nonetheless, I'm totally excited for uh, Peja. Yeah, and I'll just say this for, for people who are confused by this or whatever. It is just really a job, a change in title. I think he's going to have very similar roles to what he had before. This front office is going to live together. They're going to die together. Uh, if, they, if they find success here, then they'll be here a long time. If they don't find success here, um, then you know they, they will... They're their team, their group. They're gonna probably be here together. And if they all, if one of them leaves, probably all of them leave at some point. And so I, I don't really think that that's a huge thing. Um, I think we talked about Bogdanovich's knee. Uh, but any any quick thoughts on Bogdanovich and sort of you know the rigors that he went through with that that knee issue? Well, the fact that he played on it all year lets me know that. Uh, it was not in a weight-bearing area because he wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, and it seems like it was kind of something that was found. I don't, I don't know all the logistics of it, but not a big deal. I, I don't think so because the way that he goes about his business is he's a true professional. He's going to do everything that is put on his plate to make sure that he is 100% and ready to compete and healthy, probably even comes back, I think, a next-level version of what we saw last year from a physical standpoint. He probably takes his body to another level this summer. So 
no, I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a big deal. Um, that's just, you know, I've had a few scopes and different things and, you know, as long as it's what I'm thinking and watching him play, I think, uh, uh, Bogdan should be just fine. That's right. All right. So I think Doug, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider podcast. Do you have any final thoughts? You know, uh, I just want to say to all the Kings fans, I, I'm so happy and excited for you. Um, I, I know that there are a lot of, some people think, oh, man, and then some people are totally excited. Uh, you're building a team, and with each block, it's getting stronger and stronger. I like what I'm seeing. I, I really hope that all the guys are taking this time to work on their game and come back absolutely prepared because if they are, as Coach Yeager say, you take off the training wheels and let's throw the ball out there on the floor and let's see what we got. That's right. Yeah, I was at uh, the the workout on Wednesday uh, following the workout. Jakar Sampson, um, let's see, who was there? Buddy Heald, Scal, Labissier. Uh, oh, man. Uh, why am I drawing it? Who did they sign late in the season? Um, oh, Nigel Hayes. Nigel Hayes was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the young players are already in Sacramento working out together, trying to get bigger, trying to get stronger, trying to improve. Uh, that's what you want to see. So uh, all good things. And to piggyback on what you said there, Doug, this team needs a superstar. And there's potential to land a future superstar with the, the number two overall pick in the 2018 draft. So huge, huge night, uh, lottery night 2018. Um, okay, we've got a couple of things coming up. Uh, June 21st is the 2018 NBA draft. Uh, following that, we'll have free agency. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are doing a mini summer league, which is some awesome stuff. Uh, Kings fans are going to have the ability to go see uh, double headers for three out of four nights um, and affordable tickets to go watch the Kings play. So look for that. Uh, and then following that, we've got July 6th. We've got summer league in Las Vegas. Um, so lots to look forward to here in the, the next couple of weeks. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider uh, podcast on NBC Sports California. Uh, Doug Christie and I will be back much more regular. We're back. We're back in the flow, Doug. We're, we're coming back weekly now. Uh, and so, <laughs> so make sure to tune in. Uh, we'll have more draft coverage. We'll have more free agency. We'll have you covered from head to toe. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Kings Insider podcast. We'll see you very soon. All right, you've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.